Hello, my name is Kate Kinjall, and you're listening to the Remarkableness Podcast, your weekly discussion with remarkable people on resourcefulness, courage, and creativity. Today, I'm with the wonderfully warm and intelligent Melissa Matthews. Melissa is a spiritual mentor with a passion for instilling confidence in those wishing to live life openly from their soul. Drawing upon her intuitive abilities and life experience, her programs and workshops are designed to guide people into a state of ease with who they are and how they show up in the modern world, authentically as themselves. A loving wife and mother, she's a former project manager with a love for business, trucks and the finer things in life. Melissa can often be found admiring a set of shiny wheels or simply enjoying the stillness of nature. I know you're going to love listening to Melissa. So thank you, Melissa, very much indeed for um, being with me here this morning. I'm very, very excited to be talking to you. So I'd love to just start um, with finding out a little bit about what you're doing at the moment. You are, you've helped yourself through your um, spiritual connection. Uh, you empower others to live their lives, um, as you say, you know, quoting here, as they intend, um, as they're intended to be lived through their spiritual connection. So what do you actually do for people? So even as a child, I had an awareness of everything that was going on around me and I could see things. I could see into the lives of people immediately and it was like a flash and I knew things about them. So that showed me a lot of perspective and empathy and understanding even from an early age. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that that this ability, I wasn't really supposed to talk about it at that time. It was more just that I would be an observer, didn't know who I was talking to, didn't understand a lot about that, but very, very clear information that at one point in your life, you're going to be speaking about your abilities, about the connection, and you're going to be helping people by talking about that. Mm-hmm. So if we go to, if we go on to what I've been doing in the last year and a half, it's actually using my abilities and my um, abilities of, I suppose, some would call it mediumship, some would call it intuitive abilities, etc. It's just a connection. And I use that connection to help people, whether it's in business, whether it's within their lives, um, to, to live a better life. I do that by bringing them perspective to a situation that, you know, would be pretty challenging for most people. Um, you know, so that information will just flow through because I'm a clear channel and things mm-hmm. just fall out of my mouth. <laughs> but also I have this thing where... Because I have had so many challenges in my life, I can also relate stories that Mm -hmm. people can understand. They can see that someone else has been through that. Um, And and I tell it in such an easy conversational way that it is just allowing the information to come through, showing them how they can help themselves, you know, through meditation or going Mm -hmm. out into nature to have that reset Mm -hmm. and just explaining the dynamics of relationships mm. so for me it's just what comes naturally and you do it with such humor as well i, I do mean, i've been to see you <laughs> some time ago and there was a lot of laughter but you make people feel extremely relaxed mm. um, i think sometimes perhaps they don't even realize that they're being moved forward that things are shifting but um but you do it in a yes mm. in a wonderfully sort of subtle way but a very powerful way and um it's really, for me, I, uh, when you say with humour, like I grew up and I I'd, I'd had these things and I think there's a, there's a psychologi- psychological term called catastrophizing. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd be walking along the street or I'd be talking to someone and, and the most um, 
funniest things would come into my head and I just think, oh my God, where did that come from? Or, you know, like, or whatever. But it was actually to inject humor into my life because I was such a serious person. Were you? So mm-hmm. serious. Yeah, everything had to be done in a particular way. I was very um, rigid in my thinking. And, you know, and life was really quite daunting, you know, for me. So mixing, mixing in the world and with people, I found that really quite challenging, even mm-hmm. though I did it quite well. But the humour that would come in. Mm. And I, and so as time went on in the, in the last, let's say, two and a half years, you know, I've learned that these are actually like my, my guides and they're, they, you know, they make fun of things. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It, it does, it, 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 it brings a lightness to it and it is funny. Yeah. It diffuses the situation. situation. Yeah. And it must have been. I mean, is it, how did your family react to, um, to who you were? Well, I was always pretty different. Mm. I always saw things very differently and, um, and were you, people. Were yeah. you very isolated? Did you feel very isolated then? Or? Uh, as a child, I, was, I knew that I was different. Mm. I knew mm. that I was different. And so I did feel a sense of isolation. And yet when I was isolated, say, um, you know, we always had um, a holiday home or somewhere to go to. And it was then, that even in, in that isolation, that I felt not alone. Mm. Mm. So I felt disconnected from those around me, even though I understood I didn't kind of like really fit in. No, but it wasn't an unhappy. um, No, 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 no. It wasn't unhappy. I mean, Dad wasn't, you know, Dad wasn't cut out to be a father, so he was pretty. He wasn't. He just wasn't. Like Dad just really wasn't. (laughs) He had a lot of his own issues to deal with, and so that that was why I left home at fifteen. Yes, I was going to say I'm at a very young age. To to, so, what did you do? Where did you go at that point? Um, I go, where did I go? I left home. It was over the most ridiculous thing. And I just went to a friend's place. And from there, then I got a job. Right. In a funeral parlour. Oh, really? (laughs) So I was then surrounded by spirits and those that had passed over. I could feel it. But again, I didn't really know. My understanding of all of this was based on what I'd read or what I'd seen. And you've got Mm. to remember, not long before that, we had a thing like The Exorcist out on TV. Yes, that's right. Yes. I don't know about this. And I lived on site. Wow. So I was there to answer the phones at night. Oh, my goodness. And during the the day. I I really enjoyed working there. It was Mm. a, for me, it was like a, it was really interesting. Do you really think that actually, I mean, it sort of added to or shaped some of what you've done or not really? Was that sort of yeah. incident? Yeah. Everything mm. has, yeah. Mm. So, mm. and for that, I I found independence. I was completely away from my family unit. Mm. And I started to make my way in the world a little bit there. And I found that, uh, there, you know, I was really a high-functioning high and very intelligent, mm. very intelligent person. But like most kids, you know, I really just phased out. So year seven, I got a Ducks Award. Mm-hmm. And then year eight, I didn't really go to school very much at all. Right. Year right. nine, we moved to the country. Right. Had a great year and a half up there. Came mm-hmm. back to the city. You know, got a, you know, got a, you know, just decided I wasn't going to put up with home anymore. That yeah. was it. Yeah. 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 Like so many people, mm-hmm. you know. But I always mm-hmm. had this sense that I would be supported and, you know, that everything would be okay. Yes. Yeah, so there was no desperation in it. Whereas no, it was, it was, uh, yeah. something always came up for mm. me. And even mm. though I had nothing, and I mean literally nothing, mm. something always came up. Mm. And so I started to look at other things. So, yeah. And yeah. did you always have that belief then that it would, in fact? That, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So that always was always did. solid. Mm. Yeah. There were mm. times it was really challenging because mm. I, didn't, I didn't like the world. Mm. I really <laughs> didn't like the world at all. <laughs> it was like, no, no. 
another day. Sometimes they wake up and we'll be like, another day. I really just didn't want to be here at times. Mm. It was challenging, so, you know. Mm. And you've had, I mean, you know, this, what you're doing now is very different to, to, to what you were doing um, in your sort of 20s and 30s from a point of view, from work point of view. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I've, I have worked in, in different jobs, um, you know, professionally and, and the last maybe six, maybe 16 years that, um, you know, worked with my husband Mm. within his business what's mm-hmm. our business mm-hmm. of transport logistics and I like that it's given me a great knowledge and an understanding of operations and management and you know and how things work within the world mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. this you know we go worldwide with that company and it's just something that I really love so I love business yeah like I yeah. really love it and I can see the relationships and how it, how important they are mm, mm. and so, you know and structure mm. that's that's really great mm. and particularly for someone like me you know I find that there's freedom in that structure within yeah. a business and professional structure mm. and yet I'm so relaxed when I deal with it but I do always as <laughs> you would have expected Kate well, you said that you could do that, yes, yes. and I thought that I could leave it with you. Expect it to be yeah, done. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yes. yeah. So there's a wonderful mix there of the sort of the very grounding um, business and practical side, um, and perhaps a slightly more sort of esoteric or, yeah. or we were part, yeah. part of part of what you yes. What and you I've do. always used those um, abilities, um, you know, to within my life, mm. but they were never as consistent as what they could have been. Mm. So I know through times of anxiety or trauma or grief that, you know, you, you, the physiology within the body changes, so you react differently. Yeah. So, um, but always I've used my abilities and I just didn't really realise. I did think to a great degree that a lot of people had my abilities. But did you? You thought, yeah, yes, I, that it was normal. That it, yeah, 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 there were some things I thought that were normal and then I'd think, no. no. Talking to people, i think, no, this no. Is not, <laughs> it's not, it's not. <laughs> And you refer to grief and challenges, um, and you've you've had your fair share of yeah. them. Um, obviously, knowing what you knew and your and your beliefs sort of got you through those. But at what stage of your life did they did they happen? I mean, have they? Because I know you were you were unwell at one point. Yeah, and, yeah. Mm. So I had um, so leaving leaving home early was actually due to my father. My father, he wasn't. He wasn't great. He drank a lot. Mm. He was an absent father. Right. So mum, mum pretty much all brought us up. Yeah. But then it was getting to the point where, well, he, he just wanted mum there. So, there, you know, there was friction and things like that. So right. easier to leave. And then, you know, you go to the age of, I think I was 21. And by then, you know, I was a single parent, you know, with again, with an absent father. So, you know, yes, you've got yes. to bring up, you know, a child. And, yeah, so and then, tough. you know, and then you go on, you know, and that really was very tough for me emotionally Mm. and um you know so there's that and then when I got to about the age of maybe 33 I think and then I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and that was a year into marriage so that goes really well you know it's like oh by the way here we are (laughs) so so we have you know things like that Mm. you know these are things that people go through their life Mm. quite normally Mm. but then you know and so I got through Mm. all the treatment and things like that that was that was a pretty tough treatment, but I was in it to win it. Yeah. You know, I had a, a focus. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was it. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, you, you go on. And again, the recovery from that as well, because like that was a really traumatic time. 
uh, for me, the physiological like effects on my body mm-hmm. were quite damaging. Right. Um, and so, you know, I ended up, um, you know, uh, you know, taking actually Alzheimer's drugs Did to you? actually help me. Yeah. Goodness. And it did work. You know, and it helped me with that as well. Right. But, and I only needed it for like a short amount of time. <laughs> the doctor said, we, we might take you off this now. Okay. You're doing quite well, but uh, we don't know how long people, people are normally older when they have these. Yes. So, of course. but it, it was remarkable. It, it restarted my brain. Oh, fascinating. And helped me. Mm, right. But at the same time, I found that it was difficult. I was also on like a hyper alert. So all these mm. spiritual connection abilities that I had were amplified. So it would be seen as anxiety, but I couldn't actually go out into crowds or follow anything. It was actually easier for me to tune in telepathically to people. You were so sensitive. So I wasn't hearing what they were saying during a conversation. I'd actually tune in telepathically and see the images, and that was just easier for me. Wow. So um, I had to even learn to write again. That That was how difficult, and I hid that. Goodness. So I knew what I wanted to say yeah. and articulate. Yes. But again, but it, that expressing it was again, you know, like in, in the written word, even my signature now to sign something. I was signing documents during that time and I had businesses and, yes. and you know, they had to be stopped. So, you know, I'm signing documents, but that's still my signature. I still can't look at the at the page when I do my signature mm-hmm. because... It didn't transfer from brain no. into, into no. paper. No. So, yeah, so I wow. relearned all of that again. But in saying that, like most people would think, well, that's awful. But in fact, it it helped me to get back in touch with who I really was because I just looked at things differently. Mm. And I stopped listening to the words people were speaking. And I started seeing more. And I started understanding more, not only about other people, but about myself. Mm. So I started to value myself more. Because until then, I always had this feeling of... uh, uh, we're, I'm from a highly competitive family right. as well, so and there's, there's a lot of us. So it was always this competition thing, and if you couldn't do something well, you just didn't bother. Okay. So you know, it was just um, yeah. So mm. it was like that. So I started to value myself more and really to look at who I was, mm. who I am, mm. who I thought I was, and that that, yes. that helped. I was um, I went to see Eckhart Tolle not so long ago, and you know he, how he talks about us having the form identity. And the essence identity yeah. and the form identity obviously is our physical body but it's also our our perceptions and our you know our wants and our needs as opposed to actually really looking inside as to the, the essence of who we are so maybe that was a yeah is that sort of what you yeah you were really looking inside as to yes yeah. as to who you really were there and mm. how I, I and i'd always thought this you know you know when i'd when i'd come up against a challenging situation or i'd, I'd see a sense of Adjustments, or if I, I was involved in something, you know, I'm I'm the common factor. I'm the common denominator here. So what's my part in it? So you know, so I also looked at those challenges. Was I articulating clearly enough? Mm-hmm. Was I expressing my needs? Was I understanding my needs? Where where were my influences coming from? Mm-hmm. You know, because from an energetic point of view, when we're with certain people, you know, we, we pick up on that, you know, we feel the, the goodness in people yes. and we just think, oh my God, I want to be with that person yes. all the time. They're so wonderful. <laughs> Everyone's like that about me, Kate. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and the same yeah. thing, if you explain mm. that, to, explain energy mm. like that to people, they understand that. Mm. It's almost like, yes, but don't go near our old Annie Dory, you know, yes. because like she, you know, oh my God, she just like, you know, <laughs> you don't want to go near her. She's just like down in the dumps all the time. So, mm. 
you know so that's what I really started to look at and I really started to tune into my abilities a little bit more and become more and more aware of what I was doing in my place in the world how I expressed it how I even came up with my thoughts and beliefs mm. even though down to the clothes I wear right right yes so that's not a style that I'm comfortable with why am I wearing because my mother told me that I look good at it when I was six hello <laughs> that was when you were six yeah. so it's simple mm. things like that mm. so at what point did you then decide right I've got this is something that actually I can make it you know a big difference to other people yeah well when my my daughter's father passed away and we hadn't seen each other for a long time mm. and I wasn't um, I was very surprised at I didn't know, like that we didn't know that he'd been unwell. Um, and when and when I found out that he died, you know, it was strange because I'd been thinking about him maybe in maybe the last two months before he died, and mm. I really started to soften towards him. And um, you know, so and obviously when I found out that he he died, and I, I was quite devastated because you know we we've had children together, mm. so you know I really felt like something had been ripped from me, but the same time I didn't really let anyone know about that like how I felt about that with my own husband yes because he understood Mm -hmm. but a lot of people don't see things the way that I see them so you know Mm -hmm. but the thing that happened Kate was that I kept on thinking to myself well is that him I'm really a little bit confused about this either I'm going a bit crazy because he's actually being really nice to me (laughs) Like, so I could I felt that he was with me and I knew that he was with me right but he was being nice and that was not how our relationship was on no it wasn't so I thought okay I'm gonna nip this in the bud mm-hmm. and I went I thought I'll go and see a clairvoyant mm-hmm. and if that doesn't work I'll go and see a psychiatrist <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway I went to see a clairvoyant it kind of worked so then I went to see a medium mm-hmm. I didn't know that there were specialists and then yeah and she told me, yes, this is it, and what he'd said, etc. So then the whole right. And then after that, I actually, I wanted a consistent connection, mm. not just this sort of haphazard yep. thing that was yes. coming to me. So yes. I went to meditate. Right. That was really where my skills really kicked in. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So that for me was the start of it. Mm. And and I found that um, through that meditation and that and understanding myself it's things started to become clear that I would go through stages as well mm-hmm. that I would professionally change my um, approach a few times mm-hmm. and then I would go on again to talk about as I was told when I was a child to talk about my experiences in a broader format to a okay. broader audience yeah. right yeah there's been a consistent theme actually in the in the in the podcast so far that you know that meditation is so important um, mm. and if people are listening and they don't know how to meditate or they don't know what to do. What would you, how, how would you suggest people get started? Well, meditation is individual. Mm. And that's one of the key things that was coming across when I was, um, you know, teaching people one-on-one. Meditation is very, very individual. Mm-hmm. But the purpose of it is to actually get you into your brain, into a state where it's calm and relaxed and you don't have this incessant chatter. So it's a quietness. Mm-hmm. Some people will do it by just staring off into the distance, and we see that within our indigenous cultures, yeah. like, uh, or they'll close their eyes and just feel themselves into the earth. Some people, like surfers, they go out onto the waves, and that's again, that's so calming and refreshing for them. So they're in nature, mm-hmm. and again, you'll see them. 
all up the northern beaches of Sydney, you see them, they'll just pop in to have a look at the surf. And you, if you watch them, and I can see them energetically, they're just going down into that calm state right. for 10 minutes, and then they jump back in their car and they go back to the business. Mm-hmm. business. Mm. So then you've got people that need a guided meditation. Mm. Some people need a group. So it's all individual. Yep, yep. But, and for me, it can take many forms yep. in a day. Right. Because essentially I'm in the meditative state. I never thought that I could meditate. But the majority of the times I'm in that state anyway, and that's why I can see what I can see. Right. Okay. My brain's relaxed. Yeah. Somebody once said to me that um, you look at a dog, um, you know that they're in <clears throat> they're in a meditative state pretty much all all the, all the time, <laughs> and it's sort of le- we should be learning learning from our yes from our pets actually because that's where they're they're at. So yes, yeah. sorry, go on. No, mm. and that's mm. what mm. you see them. They see. Mm. They see. Mm. Like my dogs, you know, mm. don't do a meditation and call in, call in the big guns because the dogs will jump up like, what hell? Yeah. What happened? What's <laughs> that change in energy? Look, right. you, yeah, it is, um, it is individual, and yeah. it is a matter of people finding their own. Yeah. So what do you do? I, I get out into nature, but it, but you're absolutely right. I mean, now thinking about it, I mean, there are times that actually I just do want to sit in peace, and I might actually find um, some lovely chanting. You know, on on, yeah. on YouTube and listen to that. Yeah. Um, other times I'll sit completely peacefully. Other times I'll go out. I mean, my brother, the way he meditates is by playing music. So mm. yeah. yeah, yes, you're absolutely right. So and it's all, it's all available. That's the thing. I mean, there you know, if people need guided meditations, there's plenty of them there's around. And of yeah, them. yeah. One of the mm. great things that I say to people is, go wherever you love to go. Mm. So say if you love to go and walk in the forest or down at the beach or mm. whatever take your iPhone out we know everyone's got one now mm, yes. everybody take it out and press record yes and that's going and, and just leave that go and then every time that you want to do that somewhere else maybe in the car before you go to a meeting or whatever just pull it out pop your earbuds yes. in yes and just and think just about yourself in that location yeah that's it's, a great idea yeah. you could do that with birds singing actually couldn't you in the Anything, wood or something yeah. but by the water yeah. by the sea is a yeah. great idea and do you feel that there's a <clears throat> a greater need? I mean, I, there seems to be a growing awareness amongst people that there is there's something else that that you know that they need to be doing. That people talk about being grounded much more often. They talk about um, <clears throat> reaching their potential, mm. uh, and mm. and they are and therefore ongoing. They're reaching out to people who can help them. Yeah. What? Why do you think that? Why do you think there is a growing awareness? Is there a growing unsettledness, or, or if that's a word? Well, it's interesting that you use the word grounded, because the way that I'm shown energetically, what being grounded means is actually being here on Earth, because too often we're in our head. Yes. Which means that we're we're too far away, but we've got to be here on Earth, and we, and people are actually becoming more aware now of this need for balance. That they, they go to work mm-hmm. all week to fulfil their um you know to fulfill their mortgage um you know their their actual obligations um and and the children's schooling etc etc then by the end of the week they've come home they really haven't seen their their children their family all week and then on the weekend of course we know that they're sport and then there's a maintenance of the home Mm. so there's not an actual real enjoyment and i know this because we've done this as well Mm. (laughs) so you've got all these excess requirements and people are just like they're, they're exhausted. They're looking for what they already know. Where is it? 
and where's that sense of peace because I feel cheated yes and people are feeling cheated so they are looking for something and they're getting it through podcasts they're getting it through social media they're getting little snippets of it and they're wanting more they're becoming more thirsty I say yeah yeah and as you say I mean I, I there are I like yourself there are becoming more people around who are bravely I suppose stepping out into into a space that they I think they've always felt was there mm. uh, but actually now taking the bull by, by the horns developing themselves and then offering yeah offering that to other people as well so there are mm. and not only those people there are people who have always presented in business authentically mm-hmm. but they don't know it they don't realize it so you know you it's like in the corporate world, you know, there are people who are effective leaders, mm-hmm. they're effective uh, at team management, so they're using naturally using the skills. Yes, they've been and they've learnt, which is essential Yes, when you do that. You, you have to have that structure. But they've always been a great boss, they've always been fair, and yes, they've had to, you know, let people go or take them off certain projects at certain times, but essentially they've always had that thing for being aware of people of being aware of the need to fulfill the requirement within the business but treating their staff fairly and Mm. kindly and with boundaries so yes these are our expectations and then you know so they do that so it's already happening in business but we are becoming more aware so we have business leaders ourselves and we have people like us Mm -hmm. who are there to to light the way Mm. to remind people Mm. to go back to what they really know yes yes yeah, and the, who they the, really yes. are. Yeah. And what about our kids? Because again, there's an increasing. Um, I mean, I referred to it as an epidemic before of anxiety. Um, you know, I mean, and and depression uh, yeah. as well. Anxiety, depression, um, addiction. Yeah. It, it, again, are they? I mean, they they seem to be hypersensitive as well. And what are your what are your thoughts on that and what could we you know what can we do well i know my own daughter like watching her grow up you know she was very sensitive she's she's um she has you know those intuitive abilities gifts and things like that as well i would she's no different to many of the other children that i know and work with as well mm-hmm. um they they see things differently they they need their sleep they need quality sleep some children are, are you know what, then then naturally they'll get up late, mm. let them sleep. You know, some children, you know, so if I got to the point where I just allowed her to work on her own timetable. Right. So if she if she was happy to be up till late doing her study or, mm-hmm. God knows, there was some partying going on as well, <laughs> and then sleep in that, I found that that worked better for her. Mm. There's a lot of stimulation and that uh, that comes through you know, from social media and things like that as well. They get caught in a dynamic and it it really does suck them in. So there has to be balance mm. within other areas of their life as well. They have to be going and doing things like, you know, dance classes, like for fun, mm. not for, not for like, oh my God, she's going to be a ballerina or something no. like that. was never going to happen with my <laughs> daughter. But, but you know that time out for actual fun and away from their group as well. Yes. Because, you know, you want that so that they have that independence and so that they can free think as well. There are kids that that I know who are being brought up with in a, in a family that understands the way that, you know, that they need to move forward themselves. Still, mm. yes, mm. they've got commitments for schooling and, and homework and things like that as well. But essentially, they've got to get enough rest. They've got to get good food. They've got to have a connection with the family in mm. some way. Find it. 
I used to have to watch, what was it, episodes of The Hills. Oh, did you? Oh, yes, on a Saturday. It was highly recommended, and that was great. We didn't talk much mm. about anything else, just The Hills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got a fond affection for The Hills. Right. But, uh, you know, that was mm. that was a connection that we had. Mm. So finding a connection with them, that will help then. This, you still maintain something with them. Mm. But you know what? They do need their quietness. Yeah. Yes, and there's a massive overstimulation. Yeah, and mm. there's messenger and there's so much stuff coming in. And one of the big things, you know what, when you're typing into uh, an iPhone mm. uh, something on social media, and let's include like private messages and texts here, mm-hmm. it's different than if you're hearing the voice or seeing the face. Your words, you don't actually see the response or hear the response. When you, when you say certain things on social media, they hurt. Yes. They're in a public arena um, and, you know what, and it confuses people because then, you know, yeah. so people do get... Things can be so easily misread, can't they? I mean, even with, you know, adults' emails and that sort of thing, it is where, where we can actually pick up the phone properly and have a conversation. Yeah. I know we're still not actually seeing them, but at least we're hearing the inflection and the, yeah. and the tone and, the, and, yes, and the, the meaning behind behind the words mm. people mm. yeah i think this is getting a little lost with mm. the kids too mm. they're not yep. seeing the consequences no. and then when they're questioned speaking from experience mm-hmm. then when they're questioned by the the adults the parents yeah. you, they're only getting half the story so you naturally feel oh you poor thing yeah <laughs> whereas in fact yes exactly <laughs> yes you're missing missing half the, the other half <laughs> what did you do <laughs> so, so yeah oh. so and so moving forward, I know that you're um, sort of shifting your focus a little and you're going to be speaking and moving into a sort of bigger arena. Um, mm. And you mentioned um, some workshops around um, around post-death. And yes. That, so can you tell us a little bit about that? What's sure. Mm. So, again, because I allow things to come naturally mm-hmm. to me in a kind of woo-woo way, <laughs> a conversation was had with someone who then came and spoke with me at one of the... Uh, festivals that I was at mm. and I said yeah okay she said uh, I'm, I'm just told to come and talk to you and I said all right then let's make an appointment so you know and we'll look at me doing some workshops okay so I went down to um, Alchemy Health in Port Kembla and at that stage I was going there to talk about um, workshops for say carers cancer depression grief mm. maybe mm-hmm. maybe within about 15 minutes it became very clear that Port Kembla is a very special town and um, and that my experience of death, mm-hmm. not only from working in the funeral home and seeing people energetically and the dynamics, etc., within that, but also because um, of my life experience, that I could actually put together a workshop based on death. And this is like for people that um, are going through the grieving process. Right. Um, and so that is really interesting because again, by by looking at death itself what are our real feelings about it are they our feelings or have we grown up with that Mm. you know and 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 if we want to move on in life like you know we do need to understand that we need time to grieve i know myself that there's been times when i haven't allowed myself to grieve Mm. and i know the implications and, and the outcomes for that and i see it in other people as well um, you know, because we, we don't express who we truly are. Men express differently. So I know my husband, when my father died, my husband built a beautiful set of cabinets 
I know when our good friend Easty died, we built a beautiful garden. <laughs> when our lovely um, dear friend, when his mother died, we painted the downstairs. There, you know, there are different ways in which we do things. And some yes. people would say that we're not, we're not addressing it, mm-hmm. but we needed to express ourselves physically. So yes, you have the tears and, and things like that as well, but we allowed ourselves the time yeah. to grieve. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we didn't get caught up in the family dynamics. Mm-hmm. We still allowed ourselves to grieve how we wanted to grieve. I, I like to cry privately. Mm. You know, I don't don't no, want someone patting my back and no. saying I'm really sorry. No. I don't want you to talk to me. Mm. If you talk to me, leave the room. <laughs> I'm grieving on my own too. So, yes. you know, there are things like that as well. And, uh, yeah, so for me it's really important. Mm. Yeah. I think I'd be, I mean, provide an amazing service for people. Mm. Mm. So yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna give that a go. Great. And um, oh. you know me, I like exciting. <laughs> I yes, we're well, going to yes develop and we'll see what happens. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think you've made a difference to so many people. Um, you know, you're doing wonderful things in the world, and uh, and I know you're I know you're going to be you know I yeah. think taking that to a higher and a, and a bigger level by yeah. getting the message out and getting your. Um, yes, your message out to, to bigger groups of people. Mm. And so, Melissa, just in wrapping up, I mean, how can people get in contact with you and how? what's, what's the best way for them to do that? So my website is melissamatthews.com.au and I'm based in Sydney, Australia. And go through, going through the website, all of the contact details are on there. Great. And, um, yeah, and particularly for the upcoming workshops and how I'm going to be presenting and the different places as well. Okay. Because it's not just on that topic. It's on a, a whole range of topics because I've had a big life, as you know, Kate. Yes, I know. You <laughs> certainly have. I know. So thank you so much for having oh, me. Oh, no, well, I'm so, so grateful. Mm. Thank you very much. And it's been wonderful talking to you. And, um, and very best of luck with all your new projects and everything. Thank you so much, Melissa. And- Thank you for joining me on the Remarkableness podcast today and thank you so much to Melissa. If you'd like to contact Melissa or find out more about her, go to www.melissamatthews.com.au. Melissa has also recently started her own podcast series, which is called the Soul Connection series. And I'm rather thrilled to say that I was privileged enough to be her first interviewee, so now we've had a, a return match. Next week, uh, join me again, uh, where I'll be talking to the indomitable Simon Chan, founder of MLM Nation and coach and mentor to many. Very excited to be talking to him and I'll see you then.